For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show. I am your co-host, Javon J. Love Adams. And as always, with me is the man, not the myth, because he, he walk around. He walk around with his chest all puffed out. His name is Ed Easy Smith. He is a veteran of the NFL, played for many teams, and was, you know, he was he was the, the guy that everybody wanted to be most like. Now he's slower than a snail. But so how you doing, man? Man, I gotta get my voice real deep today because we got some company online with us, man. Yeah, so we I'm, have- I'm doing I'm doing good though, brother. <laughs> we have our uh he is a he's not only our partner, but he's also a part of the Believe Network. Uh he does believe in the uh, Phoenix Suns. He's the one and only Earl Burnett. What is good, man? I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you know we always we always got to try to do that when you come through. We got to <laughs> Barry White going on, do something to drop an octave or something like that. Right. But so we are, so we're going to be bringing you our version of the recap uh, and then looking ahead for the Arizona Cardinals. We do this every week, and so um, we're going to be looking back on the performance last week. Uh, these are kind of the bullet points: the performance from the Cardinals uh, as they as they went into Carolina and came out with the loss. And then I want to. In terms of when we're looking at this week, um, some of the I want to get your guy the the thought from my esteemed panel here on what isn't quite curling quite right with the Cardinals. Is it an aberration? Is there something that's a little bit more uh, deep? Is it talk about uh, Coach Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, talk about Kyler Murray. I want to also talk about um, Max Williams a little bit and get your thoughts on on him as well. Then look ahead to uh, maybe who's going to be returning to the Cardinals here. Uh, with uh, from the from the injury list, uh, and then also looking ahead to the the Cardinals opponent this week, who they better come out with a victory on the New York Jets and the Jets and how they're what they're looking like and some some new developments that came out about them. So before we get into that, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still bet. And get in on the action. I was, of course, uh, I'm, I'm still, I know we're up 3-1 and I'm switching sports, but the Lakers are up 3-1 and I was yelling at the screen last night and looking at the the line for, for uh, the next game. 
looks like the Lakers are are minus seven, and I think that they should be favored more than that. But the way that they've been playing, I suppose that's point on. But it makes me want to maybe get in on that a little bit. But for from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going to start start with with the recap, looking back on this um kind of want to take it wherever we can a little bit. The, one of the things that really stood out to me and uh, folks that listen to casual sports, especially uh, casual E Earl Burnett's recap of it. They think I'm a hater when that, when I jump in there in the comments, <laughs> they think I'm a hater easy, but it, it's, I know that there's a lot of blame that can be laid at the feet of Cliff Kingsbury, but I wanted to get start here. Was it, it, it didn't seem that the, that the, the team came out with a focus and an intensity and that comes from within, not from a coach, right? I want to start with you first, Ed, and then go then go to Earl. Yeah, they did seem kind of flat. Remember last week, Jay, when we started talking on the show on Saturday, I brought up the uh, the dreaded East Coast tri- East Coast trip for the West Coast team, and I'm not sure whether that was a factor, but it did look like they slept walked through that entire game, and there was never any urgency. Uh, it didn't seem like you know in previous weeks that, you know, especially, you know, week one against San Francisco, like we were out there with our hair on fire, running and flying around. And maybe that was with the absence of a couple of guys, you know, especially Booty Baker on the defensive side. But the offense seemed really out of sync the entire game as well. And it is a player issue, but it's also, it can be sometimes tied back to the coaches. I mean, it, they all, everything starts from how everybody gets fired up, you know, the intensity. And then, as a coaching staff, once you see it's not there, part of your job is to make sure you put a foot in somebody's butt collectively or individually to get them fired up. It just seemed like the team was flat from start to finish and never really stood a chance or made or even threatened Carolina in that game. It was one of those games that when it was all said and done, it was like, ugh, you know? So it, it, you know, it was very uninspired play from what I saw this past uh, Sunday. What are your thoughts on that, Earl? Yeah, uh, I, I agree with Ed, what he's saying. And there is definitely a level of the players have to come in, first of all, getting paid buco dollars to play a game. I mean, you, you got to come in, you know, and you generate your own energy. But I still agree that the coaching staff has a lot to do with that. And I, I still also believe that when you believe in something, then you bring it. I don't think they believed in the game plan. The game plan that came out that week for both sides of the ball was so soft, mm. so sold the same stuff over and over and over. And then, of course, you're missing the players, and everybody just lost their intensity because they were missing Buddha. And it's kind of like the whole funk went around the whole the whole organization. And, then, I mean, and then when the coaches come out with this lethargic, no-innovation-type game plan, it just, it just made everything feel like it was just asleep. So, I don't know. I just think coaches have to be a little bit better, man. These coaches have to be a whole lot better when they bring their intensity to the game and to their game plan because – you knew who you were playing because that team was lacking in every category when they came into that game. Carolina was giving up 350 plus passing. It was giving up 124 plus running. 
They could not score in the red zone. They were last in the red zone. <laughs> yeah. And they came and played the Cardinals, and they ended up looking like a playoff team, man. So, I don't know. I just, I just think it's got a lot to do with both both sides. One one other thing I'd like to toss in there, and maybe even ask you know both of you this, too. I keep talking about what is the identity of the Phoenix Cardinals or the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, we don't know what – like, you know, you look at the Ravens, right? And it's all about Lamar Jackson offensively. We know what they do defensively, but offensively, there's no shame in their game. We're going to run him. We're going to get him out there. We're going to do X, Y, Z. Uh, you look at the Patriots. While Cam, you know, when he's healthy or back in there, same issue. Then uh, you look at the Cardinals, it's like we've got weapons, but what's our specialty? What are we trying to do? King and Drake has still been a shadow of himself from last year. Just last year to this year, it's like, you know, where is he all of a sudden? Then, you know, are we going to be a team that gets out there and sprints up and down the field? Sometimes we look like we're ready to go. Then other times it's like, uh, we'll, we'll slow it down. And so I don't see any type of identity offensively. Defensively, like I said, minus Buddha last, uh, this past week, I understand they were missing a great piece because when he's in there right. and flying around, it looks totally different. But offensively, man, I'm still trying to figure out. What are we going to do? I just I can't see it. I don't know what direction they're going in. Now, so I want to I want to continue on that point. So one of the things that we often laugh about is that is is when Earl mentioned the fact that uh, Cliff over on the sideline with the with, with the shaky play play sheet, and it, that that and Ed and I often talk about that, and we all talk about the horizontal game. It's so horizontal. Is it? Is the is all of the optimism because because Kyler Murray didn't come out and and wet the bed like so so many number one or top draft picks? Did that make us a little bit more, too optimistic with him because with his ceiling because he needs those Ed talks about it needing those those windows those lanes since he can't see over linemen and some of those things where they say well maybe we'll just keep going. We'll go sideline to sideline and see if we can make something pop and nothing ever seems to pop. I'll start yeah. with you, Earl. Yeah. I, that's, that was the thing that drove me nuts, man. All, all watching that game was, I'm, I said, I told Sean on the show Monday nights, if I see another wide receiver screen, I think I'm a right. <laughs> I'm like my goodness. But yeah, you're right. I think I, I, I put Cliff and Kyler together because they come hand in hand and, 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 I got a feeling that Cliff, Cliff's little hand shaking with the with the uh, with the, with the uh, clipboard and stuff. Yeah, it's it's progressed to like a, a a sway with his body with it now. He'd be like, he's nervous. You could just watch him on the sideline. He looks very very nervous when he's play calling, and his play calling is is the result of it. He looks like he doesn't know what which play is going to be right, the right play. And it's sometimes it's the wrong play. Sometimes it's, it's it's a play that doesn't even need to be called at all. And I'm gonna give you a quick example. They were down in that game seven to nothing, and the whole the whole atmosphere of that team felt like they were in a funk. So they had a drive going. You want to try to maintain and keep a drive going. So what did Cliff call on a third and three? He calls a deep ball on a third and three. Dude, you got a quarterback back there that can pick that three yards up if the running back can't. Get the first down. Keep the drive alive first. Then go for the deep ball on the second down. But he, he he's out of sequence with his play call. He's him and uh and he's he's controlling Kyler. So when Kyler comes out there it's erratic, it's because Cliff wants him to throw this 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 in route and this deep route on his first pass. And maybe he just needs to get unwinding just a little bit and hand that ball off. Let let Drake get going. Let Drake get a rhythm. 
Drake has not been able to get a rhythm in any of these first four games because Cliff comes out passing the ball four, five, six, seven times in a row. So it, it's all he's got to get to an identity like Ed is saying. Our identity is is we we don't have one. We we're still guessing at what our identity is right now, and he's got to get it buck you know buttoned up to where Drake is a focal point of the offense and get away from this. This ain't Texas Tech. Everybody's waiting on that spread it out, running out outside crap. Everybody, Matt Rule was waiting on that. He knew the dude. He beat him and got him fired at Texas Tech. Now he comes right here to the Cardinals and goes, oh, he's going to run that same stuff. Just cover the outsides, and we got him. Kept Kyler in the pocket, game over. <laughs> I was like, wow, he just moved with the back of his head. <laughs> Cliff's still thinking he's coaching in college, I guess. <laughs> Anything you want to add to that, Ed? No, I mean, Earl, you know, he, he said exactly what I was thinking, too, you know, with the – the, the fact that, and we talked about this too, the the, the game plan, uh, I, I kind of looked at how Carolina could beat us. Yeah, keep Kyler contained, mm-hmm. the pressure on him up the middle right. where he, you know, he can't escape out the pocket. Now everything's in front of him, but he can't see everything. And then, you know, Cliff, he reverts to that. Like you said, that everything's on the out, outer edges. You haven't gotten Larry Fitzgerald involved at all. We know Larry's not a number one anymore, but doggone if he can't be a great number two. Right. You're not even getting him involved at all. And, you know, like I said, I keep going back to it, man. The running game has to be something. And it doesn't mean – here's the thing. You can look at the end of the game and it's like, well, you know, uh, Drake, you know, he had 20 carries. But if you're giving him one or two here and then three and four, and uh, you got to – like Earl said, you got to get him into a rhythm – Right. And it doesn't have to be the same packages all the time. Right. Get creative, you know, uh, and even get him involved in the passing game, whatever you got to do. But I just I just keep going back to it, man. I have no idea what the, I guess, the offensive game plan is for this team. And Kingsbury is trying to figure it out. But the problem is he's trying to figure it out during games. Right. And you got you to gotta be prepared coming in. Coming in, exactly. Be yeah. ready to make adjustments because the other team is going to try to take away what you're doing. But, it's almost like he's coming in and then, and then just trying to figure it out. And it's like, nah, bro, you got to be a little more. It feels like walking in to take the SAT, man. And like, you know, well, you know, I, I, I think I know what I'm doing. And you walk out of there with that 450 score, you know? <laughs> Ed, Ed, that's perfectly, I mean, that's right on point. His, his game plan. And he doesn't, it seems like he's not even game plan. It seems like he gets out there and just tries to figure it out on the go. And I can tell because. When you don't have when when you don't have a game plan and Larry Fitzgerald is not in your game plan, I, that, it's just like they it seems like to me they're 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 giving Larry that one little concession pass to get keep that streak alive. Oh, let's give him that little, little one two yard pass and boom, he keeps the streak alive. Then they go away from him. It's like you have no game plan with Larry in it and involved at all. You guys mind if I toss something at you real quick? Yeah, what's up? During my career, every good team I played on. We always came in with a scripted 15, the first 15, as we called it. Right. And that was, we're going to run these plays, unless situation something forces us out of that, we're going to run these first 15 plays right. to get a feel for what they're going to try to do, what we can exploit, and then go from there. So we scripted plays came coming in. We're going to run at least four or five times because we want to see these looks. We want to see this. We want to run these formations because we want to see what type of coverages they're going to try to roll on us, et cetera, et cetera. Then as we come out of that, now we have a game plan to start making our adjustments from there. It looks like Cliff doesn't even come in with like, okay, these are the plays we're going to concentrate. He comes in thinking, 
we got these 40 plays, and we're just going to look on the seat and just figure yeah, it out as we start. The whole time, walking, looking down the seat like. Yeah. Those first 15, they yeah. were engraved in our heads in the first series, first right. two series. This is what we're running because this is what we want to see. I don't see that from him right now. Like you said, it's like he's walking out and it's like, okay, well, this is what I got. It's like, how are you going to make a meal when you don't even know <laughs> that, what you got in the doggone refrigerator that, or in the cabinet, you know? Yeah. And, then, and His defense is doing the exact same thing, man. Yeah. He's doing the exact same thing, man. So. I want to ask this. So you, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned the running game a couple different times. And uh, SI.com in June uh, had this player listed as one of the most underrated Cardinals on the team. Uh, Pro Football Focus said he was the number one blocking tight end of 2019, had a net yards over average of 241.35 in 2019, which is, according to those KPIs, incredible. Uh, The Cardinals were almost a yard better per run with this player on the field, and in that that yielded good results. And, of course, that was Max Williams. Do you feel – do you – is it too is it too crazy to say? And then I have a crazy question for you after this. Is it too crazy to say that Max Williams' um, absence is really hurting the the Arizona Cardinals and maybe why Drake isn't isn't uh, having more success than he is? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes you have to force the issue, regardless of personnel. Meaning, if you know Max isn't there, we still have to figure out a way to run the ball. You can't blame it all on the absence of one guy, and obviously he does hurt especially at the point of attack. But, you know, what it leads to me, it leads me to talk about mentality. If, if you come in, you know, with the mentality that we are going to run this ball or at least make you, make you stop us, that's, I mean, you get that attitude and that's, that's where it all starts. But if you come in like, oh, hum, well, we'll try it out. And if it works, cool. And if it doesn't, uh, we'll just, you know, that, that, you know, it had what the Cardinals have to do, they have to become a little – we talked about this especially last year, Jay. They got to become a little nasty. They got to become a little meaner out there on the field at the point of attack. Yeah. And that's where you get your running game. You can have all the scheme in the world, but if you don't have the dudes up there ready to punch somebody in the mouth, it, you know, it, it, none of it means anything. And I think another thing with our running game, we're always trying to fool people with it, like be a little too cute with it. Instead of get, and I'll, I'll say this and I'll set up too much out of the shotgun formation. Yes. We need to get a quarterback. I don't care how small he is or anything like that. Get him under center so we can get our running back going downhill, more play action and stuff like that. This whole thing, the, the, the pistol and all this cute, you know, catch it with the run pat run option and everything like that. You're not doing anything to help your running back, in my opinion, getting him going downhill, focused on hitting this hole, making adjustment, the cutback and everything like that. It's And we talked about this all last year. I know part of it is because Kyler's a smaller quarterback, I'll say that, and you don't want him under center too much. But, man, you got to start getting him under center a little more. And you got to, like I said, you got to start getting the the, the, the the hogs up front a little nastier, meaner, regardless of who else is in there. Otherwise, it's never going to work. What you got, Earl? Yeah, if you don't have the players on the field that you can take after as far as nasty and gritty goes, sometimes the coaching, how the coaching staff is, that's probably where you follow too. And our coaching staff is nowhere near nasty and gritty. Our coaching staff is pretty boy. We got a pretty boy back there that sits back there, wants to look good. He wants to put his house on the dang on internet, let everybody see it. He wants, he wants to look good. But, and he wants this offense to look good. He wants his offense to be this dynamic, 
perfect the uh, the uh the uh, greatest show on turf again uh, coming back. He wants it, he wants it to look like that. But man, and you talk about Max Williams. Max Williams is nasty. Max Williams is that blocker that will stay in there and do the nasty for you. So, and our offensive line did not play like that at all in this game. So it doesn't Max Williams, Max Williams didn't make that much of a difference because they all came in with that same following after what their coach looked like. And their coach come in all soft and pretty boy. You got to get got to get mean. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. One of the things that that we that we noticed last season was that when he didn't have a a uh, 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 an abundance of weapons that Cliff Kingsbury had to adjust. And so he he adjusted and started using the tight end more and doing different things. Could one of the worst things that could have happened to him this season be the giving the being given the gift of DeAndre Hopkins? Because now you're thinking, oh, all that stuff that I did before, don't worry about that. We about to we about to really get it popping now. Yeah. Could that be almost uh, where where he where he he lost uh, sight, lost focus of of what was capable if you just tried to be for lack of a better term, a little bit more conventional and sprinkle in some of the, the fancy start with you, Earl. Yeah, I agree with that. That's simple. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, he, he got that new shiny toy, and he wants to see if he can put it in his offense and really just scare everybody because they got that shiny, dangerous weapon on the outside. But that dangerous weapon on the outside don't mean anything if you don't have everything else going with it. Everybody's going to just roll over coverage to that one dangerous guy. Our offense is pretty much Kyler to, to uh, Hopkins. Who else is out there? Who else is making plays for us? Right. So that's you're right, man. He was right on point with that. That's exactly what he did. He saw that new weapon and went right right away from that power run game that got them those uh, wins last year and made them start to look better last year. Because Drake was running between the tackles last year. Right off that, Max Will in the offensive line playing nasty football, knocking the 49ers off the ball, and they were running through the tackle. Now everything Drake is running is outside. And they want to try to set up Hopkins on the deep stuff, and you know, so yeah, I mean, that's exactly what's going on. What do you think about that, Easy? Well, one of the biggest disappointments, even I know, for, you know, from this past game, the, the Panthers, man, they were so worried about because their rushing defense was so bad, yep. and they were like, "Man, we are scared for you guys to come in here because this might be the get well game for Drake, and we got to worry about uh, Kyler Murray." And man, we didn't even—I mean, we put no fear in them. You know, it's almost like if you're playing a dude with one arm, right? Why wouldn't you, you know, on the on the on the basketball court? Why you could? Why wouldn't you continuously keep attacking that arm, that side? Yeah. Wait, go get him, man. I'd be, I'm not even. If I'd be going left all the time, I'd be, I'm, in, I'm like, you can't stop me, right? We didn't even put it in the. We're just gonna continue to try to go around the right side. And this dude. You know, got that big left arm, that matter of mechanical that arm over there. He just keeps plotting everything down. Like, no. We didn't even put an effort into creating our run game, and that man, it just makes no sense to me. <laughs> so let's uh, so believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Let's shift to as we to get into this game and look at the look at the New York Jets. Uh, what's interesting, I saw this come come down today. Well, the one thing we know that Buda Baker is supposed to play, so maybe that will help on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, the but. The uh, what was it? I saw that earlier that uh, Darnold is not going to play. Um, he's not going to play this week. So whether you know, take that wherever you want it. But when you look at this matchup with the with the winless uh, Jets, uh, they got to win, right? Question mark. I mean, how do you think that the Cardinals will go again? It's a, an East Coast game, so they're going back to the East Coast. All those things that factor in. But you know, easy. What you think about this one? 
don't win this game right here, man, this is one of those we're not even coming back home. Y'all need to just stay on the East Coast and everybody just go back to where you live because don't come back here to Arizona. This is a game, I mean, Donald not playing, you know, own four Jets. Uh, there's no excuse for this one right here. Uh, you know, and I would expect them to come out. And here, here's the other thing. Not just win, but you need to dominate this team. This is there, there are no easy wins in the NFL, but this one should be an easy win when you talk about no Darnold, uh, Adam Gase over there and his bug-eyed look and everything like that. Right. This is one of those ones where regardless of who's playing, who's not on our side, we need to go over there and win this game. And if we don't, then everybody who's been, you know, uh, you know, talking about how dynamic and this team is this and the other thing, we might be wanting to start, you know, reverting back to, wow, this looks a little bit like we did a couple of years ago. Because there's no excuse not to go over there and beat this Jets team. Heard what you got. Uh, I, it is one thing that concerns me about this matchup. Uh-oh. It's something that's always plagued this team, and it's just going from regime to regime, and that's a mental toughness. This team does not have a mental toughness as far as in the mindset of of of, of not allowing what they see or, you know, they, they'll talk about something and it gets in their head. The thing that's going to be in their head in this game is we can't lose to the Jets, can we? We, we can't lose to the Jets. We can't lose. And, they, and you're going to start playing like you can't lose to the Jets. And what's <laughs> going to happen? You're going to lose to the Jets because you're going to come out and play like you played with Carolina because Kyler said it last week. We kind of probably got in, the, in our heads that we was just going to roll through these teams because they were easy. To, we thought that, yeah, that's exactly you're, – you're, you're not mentally tough. So you could, if you go into this game, this Jet game, thinking it the same way you thought about in that Carolina game, okay, you made Carolina look like a playoff team. You're going to make the Jets look like a team that could eke out a win, a three-point win over you. So, And don't don't sleep on Flacco. Don't sleep on Flacco because that's the yeah. backup. I'm scared of him more than I am with Darnold now because he's got more experience. This guy can, if you give him what you gave him, what you gave Teddy Bridgewater last week, Flacco's going to exploit you just as well as Teddy did. So I'm concerned about this game. And then you got, uh, Le'Veon Bell coming back. And he, he hasn't looked like himself in two years. He can, he can get a kick start with this defense. So I'm, I'm just concerned how the <laughs> attitude. And I'm sorry, man. That's just how it is. If they're attitude and they're now mentally tough in this game, they're going to yeah. come in there already lost that game, man. And the other one other thing would be, you know, the Jets have absolutely zero to lose at this point. Exactly. So they're, they're I mean, they're, they're, you might, you don't know what they might or might not do. They might, you know, fake fake punts on their own five yard line for all we know. <laughs> so I mean, this everything is. You better have your eyes on a your head on a swivel when it comes to this game. And you brought it up, or I'm glad you brought it up. I forgot that Flacco was their backup. Yeah. That scares me even more now because he is a veteran with a week to prepare too. It's not like he's coming in the middle of a game. He knows right. he's going to be the starter. And that dude, like he's a you won a Super Bowl, man. This dude ain't no, no slap. Exactly. That's so, my point. And no. look at what he – look at just, – just just take a – I mean, another look at that tape if you guys get a chance. Look at the tape in the first half of that game, in the Carolina game, how easy it was for Teddy Bridgewater to complete passes. There were no DBs on the on the receivers for within like point, four or five yards. Real quick to that point, we we yeah. had when we had Tyron Poole, Tyron Poole and uh, and Desmond and Desmond Johnson on him last week. I'm thinking, yeah, well, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he can't, he got a dink and dunk. Man, he made me look like a fool, which is cool, but dang, man, <laughs> we made him look like he was uh, whoever you name the dang on star quarterback because he looked like that. But it's it's Vance Joseph's defense, and I, I've been. 
spitting this for the last three weeks on the show, on TV, you name it. I've been saying it. Why the hell is he playing? Nobody can even identify what the hell he's playing on defense right now. It looks like, <laughs> it looks like to me, he's playing a two, I mean, a, a, a zone and, and mixing it with some man to man. And I don't know what the hell he's doing out there, but all I know is he's got his DBs playing seven to eight yards off fast, quick receivers. And I said to myself, and I said, you know, this game is stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm let me turn this. this, this garbage. Let me, and so I looked at the Giants game. I'm going, why the hell is the Giants hanging with the Rams? So I said, let me flip over there real quick. Turned over to there. I said, that's why, because they doing we they doing what we not doing. Every DB manhandling those Ram receivers on the line of scrimmage, coming off the line, breaking up those timing on the routes, and golf looked like he was lost. I said, that's what that's what we're not doing. We need to get quarterbacks uncomfortable because their timing's off. But we don't do that. We let them have free reign off the line of scrimmage, five, seven yards in front of all they do is cutting right in front of us. Easy, easy completion, bam, 10 yards. And they just go down the field on them. I'm like, well, what kind of defense are we playing? And it, that's, that's the key to what we're doing right now on defense right now. It's get those DB and Patrick Peterson, all those guys just look like crap right now. Put them guys up on those wide receivers and make, make them man up and, and guard somebody. Because all that space stuff is not working. It's, we're getting killed with that. And you give Flacco that, he's going to look even better than Teddy did. <laughs> <laughs> like he's playing uh, Teddy and uh, Teddy and Guy, but Teddy Wright and Guy or something. <laughs> so now let's get, let's get predictions. Let's see what we got here. So I, I'll start off. I'm Man, this is a game they should win, but we thought about that last week. So I guess I got to be a hater, man. I'm, I, I think they come up short um, maybe by three points. It, it, <laughs> Uh, because I, I just you just don't know the mentality of the group going in, and and as you guys have alluded to, the the leadership more, more specifically in terms of a game plan, and, it, and I guess it'll show if the game plan that has been laid out or lack of a game plan within the first within the first couple of series, because if the maybe with the enthusiasm uh, of the players on the field, but I, I got the I think I got the Jets coming up with their first win. What you got on this one, Earl? Uh, you got the worst thing that can happen is the Jets coming up with a win. I'm going to come up with the next worst thing that can happen underneath that. I mean, that's the worst, but I'm going to get a little higher than that. They're going to win this game, but they're going to barely win it by three points. And that's Ooh. so bad. That's just as bad almost because I got a feeling they're going to come in this game and struggle for the first three quarters and then finally get some some type of drive, finally gets together because the Jets can't get something together drive-wise and then we'll, we'll, we'll make a, a play or two to stay in the dang game and then probably kick a field goal at the end and win it, which is ridiculous, pathetic, but <laughs> easy. What you got, man, I'm struggling with this one. Right? <laughs> and I almost, I feel like I'm backtracking a little bit. Cause I said, if they go over there and win, this is bad. Yeah. Um, almost, you know what? I'm, I'm, this is crazy. Uh, 2020 time. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's everything in a row. The worst thing they can do is lose. And then the next thing you can do is win by two. <laughs> the ties next in line. So then you know, we can't lose with this one. Eventually, I'm going to have to pick somebody. But right now, I'm on, like I said, I'm just going to say it's going to end a draw. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be worse than a three-point win, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so on behalf of, of Ed and uh, our special guest, Earl, Casual E from uh, KSRNAZ.com. We do this every week, so we appreciate y'all listening. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. And so until next time, like we always do around this time, are you can Y'all be Try easy. To I'll believe. Try week. to believe. <laughs> <laughs>
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.